Green Mountain Dental Group is a family-owned business that has been a staple in Lakewood for over 40 years. Whether it's cosmetic, oral surgery, or preventative dentistry, at Green Mountain Dental Group you will find nothing but the best. We have chosen Green Mountain Dental and will continue to attend Green Mountain Dental because of the superior care that we receive from them. Their facility is amazing and above all, it's the personal touch that we receive from the people there, including Dr. Ben Jr. and Ann and Mary and Sherry and Marie. They've known me was my husband, my children, and now my grandchildren, and are just incredible with all of us. That was Annette. She's been a patient at Green Mountain Dental Group since 1976 and truly loves their service. Never did I think in 1976 how blessed we would be to recognize the people at Green Mountain Dental and are so thankful that they have been a part of our lives. For all new patients, Green Mountain Dental Group offers free teeth whitening trays when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. Just mention BSN Denver. Hey everybody, welcome to the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. If you didn't know by now, Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off a $50 purchase on their website and app. Use promo code BSN10 to save $10 off a $50 purchase for all your parties and have it delivered straight to your door. Let's jump into the show. Welcome in to the BSN Avalanche podcast. We're doing a little bit of a switcheroo on you, but we're still presented by Total Beverage. I'm Nathan Rudolph. With me is AJ Hayfley. AJ, it's Friday. I'm enjoying myself. How have you been today? Good, man. Uh, yesterday was a weird day for me, so today was guaranteed to be a bounce back no matter what happened, uh, barring like a comet hitting the earth and all of us dying or something. <laughs> Today's going to end up being a great day for me, so I am I am definitely feeling Friday. Yeah, it's a good Friday for me, too. My brother is actually having his wedding reception tomorrow, so I'm excited for the weekend and all of that. <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's that's a good time. Yeah, good time to to have some fun get out there and and enjoy myself after my wedding which is was all a blur and i can barely remember so you know it's it's funny that um like my brother got married when i was 12 so you know i was like a ring bearer in his wedding (laughs) (laughs) and i was like all right i'm getting a head start i'm gonna be a wedding master by the time i'm grown up and all my friends get married and every single one of my closest friends uh, to this day is still single all of my entire like inner circle of people that are like my absolute closest friends all of them are still single uh, except the one and he eloped and wouldn't let us come down to texas and celebrate with him he refused yeah, it, <laughs> my situation is kind of the same thing i have a ton of single friends and my best friend through all of school and all of that is now in a long-term committed relationship, but they don't want to get married. So <laughs> there's no celebration over it. it. Well, my, um, you know, my life is obviously taking quite a turn and a few people already know kind of, uh, what's, what's going on with everything in my personal life. Uh, and I don't talk about it on the podcast for a myriad of reasons, but, uh, mostly for her sake, but we, uh, you know, I am I am expecting to to join that married club in sometime in the next uh, seven eight months. Well, I would say early well. So <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm uh, I'm very excited about that. Uh, there will be a time in which I take off uh, during the season um, to to head down to Texas with her to meet the family. Uh, to introduce her to everybody and to do all of that. I'm meeting her family this summer. Um, we're doing all of that and I'm going through the process, man. And I honestly, I could not, I could not be happier. Um, it's the, it's by far the coolest thing I've ever been a part of. Uh, and, and being a part of BSN from the beginning has been an amazing life experience for me that I'm ultra proud of. And I absolutely love, but uh, meeting her and, and our watching our relationship develop and uh just figuring out that there's this person in the world that i'm gonna be 
I'm going to be like BFFs with for the rest of my life as we go through life together is it's, it's the coolest experience. And uh, I'm, I'm so, so excited for it. I think it's, it's, yeah. it's awesome. And uh, hopefully <laughs> she skips this episode and doesn't listen to this, but um, it's, it's really super cool. And I remember last, last summer when you got, uh, yeah. when, when you went for your bachelor party, uh, and I, I was just laughing because at the time, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to experience something like that. And, uh, you got one in the works, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, this Christmas, yeah, well, this Christmas, uh, because the abs play the week of Christmas for the second straight year, uh, I will be spending Christmas in Vegas again. Uh, but she's planning to meet me there, so this is going to be way <laughs> yeah. different this time around. Uh, than last year when I had just met her and and we were just yeah, getting to a whole know different each other. world now. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's very different, man. I'm I'm really excited, and it, it all just goes to why Friday has been so great. It's you know, uh, I've never been happier as an adult than I am today. Yeah, so, well, uh, this works out pretty cool. well because the thing to do at, at wedding receptions or maybe a bachelor party in Vegas is usually have a couple of drinks. And, and that means it's time to take a second and acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BSN Denver. Nice. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, and most people's personal favorite, the world-famous Avalanche, which is their classic American amber ale. But they just released a new beer called Strawberry Sky that you guys are going to love. Just ask AJ about it. For you beer enthusiasts out there, they are calling this a lighthearted Kolsch ale. But for those of you who have no idea what that means, this is that light, delicious summer beer that you've been looking for. So look for the Strawberry Sky at your local liquor store or any other Breckenridge beer. And make sure you also look out for the Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com. We just launched it this week, and you'll be able to see all of the events we have planned. Planned, and we'll be drinking Breck beers at all of them. So please RSVP and have a good time. All righty. So with that, we can actually go ahead and jump into today's show, which I'm really excited about. For Friday, we decided to go ahead and take in some of the listener questions here, answer some of the things you guys have burning on your mind, and, and kind of give a little bit of an overview of, of where the Avs stand on a couple of these things. My personal favorite question came from Avery McGrail, and we're starting off with a bit of prospect talk here in define what a good year for Connor Timmons would be. Yeah, it's a tough one, huh? Uh, first first off, staying healthy. Yeah, I think that is. Uh, no no concussion. Like, if he, if he, like, sprains an ankle or something, like, that sucks. But, like, I would say staying healthy in regards to the concussion. Although staying healthy just in general would be phenomenal, um, but being able to being able to put that all behind him and get back on the ice consistently, yeah, yeah. priority one, even before staying healthy, is get into a game for me. He hasn't played a real hockey game in fourteen months now, so it's not real until it's real. Kind of with him, he's got to play a game at, at any professional level. Get him into one, and we can go from there. After that, you do expect some production about him. The Avalanche organization seems to be very mm-hmm. high on what he can bring to the table here, and I don't think he's going to have a ton of time for adjustment to to get his legs back. He needs to get them quickly and start producing. Well, and the thing the thing is, though, is that he's been practicing full speed both with the NHL team and the AHL team last year. So I don't. I'm not too worried about. It. He's at all. He'll have all summer. Uh, to be ready to rock, right? Like, I think I think he'll be able to to, to shake off the rust really quickly uh, because he's he's been able to practice and it's not. And now he's got the full summer behind him uh, of training and and everything being kind of lined up the way it's supposed to be. I think he'll be able to knock yeah, that rust I'd, out there pretty quickly. He shouldn't be too rusty. It's just about getting the game legs back. You know, it, it it's a little bit of a different story when you're playing in a bona fide game. Yes, he did get the three yeah. on three at Dev Camp, but there was minimal contact in that game, and it's just a little bit different when when you're matching up against guys that are trying to take your head off sometimes. <laughs> but I guess the question is, for me, I don't see any chance that he starts in the NHL. I don't know if if you agree with me on that, 
but um i i think the organization like is so hyped on him that i'm not i don't want to say it's not going to happen because i just i want to guard yeah. against something crazy sure. because seriously i think i think that there is an opportunity for him to make the team only because the organization is crazy high on him and bedner loves him and that is a great way to get you into an NHL lineup is have the NHL coach absolutely All right, right. well let's go down this path then. What would it take okay. for him in training camp to earn the spot? Do you think he has the inside line or do you think he's going to have to climb over some guys like Rosen to to get that spot? Uh he's I mean he's going to have to climb over a pile of bodies, yeah, man. I, uh, he's got to climb over. He's he's gonna have to cl- uh, climb over Ryan Graves, uh, Callie Rosen, Kevin Connaughton, um, Bowen Byram. Because I can't imagine they start the season with both Byram yeah, and Timmons that on that blue be, line. Yeah. <laughs> that that would be unbelievably bold. It would be fun, but it would also be irresponsible because there's just no need for that. If that was their plan, why is Kevin Connaughton on the team? Why did you not buy out Mark Barbario? Because you don't need all these guys in the AHL that you can just send down and be like, Mrr. like not yeah, not necessary. I, I agree with you. You know, man. so I if that's the plan, there was no need for them to go out and hedge their bet as hard as they did with all these other cats. Uh, but I I just think just there just give him give him give him some time in the AHL. There's there's literally no downside to it to giving him some AHL time, especially while you you are trying to figure out about, is Byram staying, is Byram going. Uh, you already have enough moving pieces is what I'm saying. You don't need to you don't need to toss another one in there just for funsies. Of course, if he goes out and he destroys in the preseason sure. and he looks awesome, then, you know, he makes that decision for you and you figure it out. And then you have too much talent on your hands. Oh, <laughs> no, not that. a powerful problem to have. But yeah, I, I agree with you there. If he does just look amazing in, in training camp, don't hold him back. But I want to just reiterate that this guy has zero professional games played in his career. He's never done right. it. So he, in that regard, he's on the same footing as Bowen Byram. And <laughs> right. that is a lot of belief to throw that kid into the NHL right away. Like you said, if you send him down to the AHL, best case scenario, he's too good for that league and you just call him up, problem solved. If he's not at that level, great. He can stay there and grow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, treat Just treat him like a normal pros- prospect and not like the golden child. If you're going to treat somebody like the golden child, it should be Bowen Byron. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree, and I, I do think there's a legit chance he at least gets his nine games, but that might make it difficult for Timmons to, to find his way on the roster, at least in the first handful of games. Definitely. And and to, to get back to the original question, what makes a good season? Staying healthy, showing progression. And honestly, if he finishes the season in the NHL, which I think is absolutely possible, um, that's that's all good. That's a good season. Yeah. I'd, I'll take I'd, that. Even if he doesn't make it to the NHL this year, if he's putting up 25, 30 points in the AHL, I'd be perfectly happy. If he has a 30-point season in the AHL I'm and he stays there the whole year, I'll get so hyped for him right. next year because I am how his offense translates is going to be fascinating to me. There are some interesting parts to his game. I do think he is quite offensively talented, but the last time we really saw him play with the Sioux, he definitely picked up more than a few freebie secondary assists. <laughs> Yeah, and like that's fine. Like whatever. Sure. That's but but the what we were seeing in at Dev Camp and in the three on three, the vision that he was showing and the offense that he was able to create, even just in those limited situations. Incredibly smart reads the whole time. Right. That's that's the stuff where you're like this dude's got yeah, it going on. For sure. He he's able to to make plays out of nothing because of that intelligence. Uh, next question. Yeah. So next up, we kind of have the polar opposites. Uh, talking about prospects, we're going to switch to players that aren't really playing anymore. Jason Brock asks, which past or retired player do you wish could be playing in their prime in today's NHL right now? 
I love this question because it's so hard to compare players across eras and, and you get a ton of different answers to who would do well in today's NHL. Who you got? Well, Brock himself said Peter Forsberg, and, and I'd be really inclined to say him just because of all his injury issues that he's had in the league today. You, The things that were done to Peter Forsberg would just not be allowed to happen. But Well, Darren Hatcher and Richard Mavichuk would not be in this league. That right. is for damn yeah. sure. Scott Stevens would be permanently suspended, I think. <laughs> uh, but for my own answer, I would say Mike Madonna. He was fantastic shooter, one of the fastest players skating-wise in his era that just would fit so well in, in where the NHL game has been heading for the past couple of years. And I would just love to see him flying alongside some of the young players today. Uh, goes along with my answer. Uh, I've got two guys. Uh, Sergei Fedorov, for the same reasons, except he would absolutely dominate. Yeah. Uh, and then Pavel Bure. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one, too. Who's, Pavel Bure is one of my favorite players ever. Uh, and thinking about him pre-knee injury in this NHL, where he could just fly around without worry of the Darius Kasparitis of the world you know, going, trying to low bridge him all the time because they couldn't <laughs> catch him. Hell yeah. Yeah. That would be pretty awesome to see. It's, <laughs> I mean, we're kind of just building like, okay, if we take the fastest players from every <laughs> right. era in history, right. <laughs> just let them go. Mm. Where's, where's, where's the rocket Richard next, huh? Yeah, exactly. So, I always find that conversation interesting because you just never, you never really know. There's often a debate about Wayne Gretzky. A lot of people say, well, he could never lift the puck. Would he be able to score against goalies in, in this time and, a, time and age? And it's fun to debate. We'll never truly know because we can't turn back time on these guys. But great players would probably still be great if I were to guess. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, another, could you imagine a, a guy like, Mike Bossy. The, the dude's career shooting percentage is what, like 24% or something insane? Yeah. Whose who's worst uh, NHL season in terms of goal scoring was like a 38-goal season, and yeah. it was his last. Yeah. Where he was like, I don't got it anymore. I'm out. <laughs> and he was done. <laughs> You're like, okay, well, whatever, dude. We see you. <laughs> yeah, I guess I... <laughs> Obi's the last one to score 60? Or did Stammer do it? I forget. Mm, I think Stamkos did it uh, or came really, really close. Yeah. So it's been a long time. And, and part of that is is the way the league is set up now. But true snipers like that don't come that often. <laughs> he did hit 60. Yeah, okay. In 2011-2012. Which is funny because he hadn't come anywhere near that since. <laughs> yeah. That, 43 is his highest after that. That's, yeah. I mean, the whole league went down in, in goal scoring quite a bit. I've, there were a couple of years there where Ovi and Stamkos were just scoring at will. And and now for a couple of years there, it was only Ovechkin hitting 50. Yeah. Well, I mean, Ovechkin for my money. Oh, yeah. Um, he's the greatest pure just goal scorer in Absolutely. NHL history. It's, it's you have to be a freak to set up in one spot for your entire career. Everyone knows it's coming every single time and it still works. Yeah. He, uh, even in that 48 point or uh, 48 point, the 48 game season, the, the lockout shortened year, that dude had 30 yeah, goals. What? Whatever, Ovi. Who's that? And that's the lowest total of his career. That thirty-two goals that he scored in forty-eight it's, games. It's incredible how refined things are, too. Just to compare, like Ovechkin has a specific stick for the power play, has a different stick for five-on-five, five, and yeah, some- that dude. So you know, last year McKinnon led the NHL in shots on goal, three hundred and sixty-five, which is a monster yep. total. And Ovechkin has beat that. Let's see here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times in his career, topping out with 528. That's insanity. I mean, and and it does show. You see, you've seen his what? numbers reduce 
in the past couple of years, not only because he's getting older, but because Washington has become a better team, especially when he first joined that team. The game plan was get the puck to Obi and the end. That's the plan. <laughs> that That is, he scored, so 528, and he didn't even play all 82 games. He only he played 79 <laughs> that year. That's six and a half shots per game that he averaged. On goal, not attempts. That's so stupid. That's so stupid. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know how this turned into an OB love fest, but I don't. I'm I'm here for it because OB is not the even man. retired yet, but he's the guy we want in his prime playing right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In any era. <laughs> I'm right. down with that. Well, I think that is a, a solid stopping point for sec- segment one. We got a couple more questions coming your way for segment two and three. But first, let's pay a few bills here with the Green Solution, which has 17 Colorado locations and an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. Get on your phone right now. Go to their website, mygreensolution.com. Order your flour, concentrates, edibles, and topicals online and head to the closest Green Solution for pickup. Use code BSN. 20 for 20% off your entire purchase and we will see you back for segment two. All right. Welcome back into the second segment of the BSN avalanche podcast presented by total beverage. Got a couple more questions for you here. We talked about some players for different teams there in, in eras gone by. Now let's talk about watching those players a little bit. Mishi asks, besides the Pepsi Center, what are some of your favorite arenas to watch an NHL game at? Uh, you know, Nashville is really nice. Um, it's just a crazy atmosphere. Uh, I, I I hate giving them credit because everybody's kind of been up, you know, up up in them about this the last few years, but. They really have done a great job, like succeeding in a small market. Um, I saw a game in Arizona this past season for the first time, yeah. and I really like that whole setup they have down there. The arena, the very Vegas esque um, shopping and Center commerce, thing, yeah. and they even have all the everything. Yeah, right. Like it's it's awesome. Everything about going to that game in Arizona, I really thoroughly enjoyed. Um, uh, but Vegas, yeah, honestly, Vegas is such a it's such a crazy atmosphere. Those fans are intense about their Golden Knights, even if it can be a little obnoxious. Uh, it's it's got such a Vegas feel to it, and the arena is, itself is it's gorgeous. Incredible. So it really is. I, I've only I've, been to a few, and, and that is far and away my favorite. Yeah, I think I've seen like five games there now. Five or six games there. Um, oh, it's even more than that because I went to the games out there b- before the nights even started. Yeah. Um, so it's... Uh, I've seen a bunch of games there and awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you there. Uh, Vegas is far and away my favorite. The whole setup of the arena is just incredible. The, the atmosphere... Not only mm-hmm. by the fans, but it's Vegas. The whole show that they put on, even the pregame stuff, is all... It's just a fun time. With Nashville, I haven't actually been, but even through the television, you can tell. Especially if the team you're rooting for is the home team, I think it's got to be one of the best arenas in the NHL. It, you go in there, and, and you know you're going to just come back with a hoarse voice and, and nothing left to give. And there's a there's a quote that I or a tweet that I love. I forget who was by it. Might have been Elliot Friedman or or one of the the bigger Twitter guys for hockey. A couple of years ago, tweeted in the triple overtime game that they were still serving alcohol at the Nashville Predators game. So <laughs> you knew things get a little bit rowdy there. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of great towns to watch hockey in. Um, I haven't made Montreal yet, uh, but that's like yeah, way I'm up sure there on my bucket list. I I won't say anything too negative, but one of the ones that I didn't like was Anaheim. Oh, dude. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything negative either, but since we opened that door up, uh, I'm going to drop them right in the doorway and let them block everybody <laughs> else. 
because <laughs> nobody should be allowed in that arena until they take it seriously and renovating that. It's it's garbage. Um, there you go. It was embarrassing last year when I was there. I was I was shocked at how run down and just ignored it felt. It was it, I did not like it at all. Yeah, I I'd say that pretty sums up my feelings about that one as well. Not my favorite. <laughs> when when you the Honda Center lights like with the with the Honda Center in like the bright letters, yeah, and half of them were out. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what is this? I was like, this is like like the movie theater that that got forgotten about. And that's... You know where like it's like cinema, but the the C and the E and the A are are the lights are all burned out. And you're just like, what? This is the same arena that made Eric Jelena famous for breaking the glass because they just didn't have any replacement glass. Oh, my gosh. So definitely some problems there, eh? Absolutely. All right. So that was just a fun little one. I always find it super interesting. If I had more money and free time, I would love to just travel around to all of the, the NHL arenas. But Yeah, for sure. If we bring it back to the Pepsi Center here, Ryan Oldford wants to ask a little bit about training camp and who we think are the dark horses to make the team out of camp. We kind of already mentioned Timmons a little bit, so that does tie back in there. And he also wants to know if uh, a couple of guys take major steps forward this year, how do we deal with all of these defensemen that we have sitting in the lineup? Uh, well, you deal them. Yeah, I agree. I mean, teams teams are falling all over themselves every trade deadline for defensemen, um, and it would be it would be something of a shock to see the Avs sell at the deadline because it's not really something they've ever done under Sackett. Sure isn't. <laughs> they they kind of tried the one year where they sold the Ginla for the fake magic picks, beans. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, swapped Martinson for Andrew Ghetto, which, like, hey, that was a good swap, but it wasn't like a adding picks to the coffers, like classic, yeah. you know, rebuild move. Um, but, like, you see, like, a guy like Oscar Fantenberg got moved at the deadline last year. You know, if, if you can get something for a Kevin Connaughton or uh, or Mark Barbario, or whoever ends up being like your depth guy that that actually plays in games. Hell, maybe even Callie Rosen. You know, if you could get if you could get your second round pick, uh, recoup a second rounder for Callie Rosen, you maybe consider that. Man, so <laughs> not, that feels a little cloud not, nine to me. But all right. <laughs> well, and I'm I mean that's assuming like he comes in, he plays well, he looks yeah. good, but there's just there's just not room for him. He's young enough and signed to the kind of deal that teams would care about. You know, it's not a guy that you're like, oh, you know, he's he's 32 years old and this is the end of the line. Uh, he'd be a young enough guy where I feel like he'd have value just in and of himself if he if he showed well. Um, but no, I'm I I would say if they have that kind of improvement, uh, if if you end up with too much talent, then you recognize which talent you want to keep around long term and make a decision. Yeah. I, I agree with you there fully, especially if if Timmons breaks out like we're hoping he can. Yeah. You have Rosen, and I think even some teams may see some value in Connaughton. It, he's going to be a bit more of a veteran option for a team if they're looking for something a little bit more reliable. I, his play on the ice mm-hmm. might not tell the same story, but teams make that mistake every single year. So... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I um, if if Connaughton can get anything yeah. on the defensive side, for me, I think Graves is the dark horse. To be honest, I think he has a legitimate chance to make the team, but he's going to have to prove that he can be more effective than a Connaughton or a Rosen to do so. Yeah, definitely. So it, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. We kind of covered that when we talked about his contract situation on the two-way deal. On the forward side, mm-hmm. it's a bit tougher. I mean, 1 through 13 is pretty set, with probably Kamenev being the 13th forward. Yeah, I think I think Sheldon Dries is probably our dark horse to make the team again this year, just because uh, Bednar was so comfortable with him last season. 
and um, that maybe having him around as as the if they choose to go fourteen right. forwards instead of thirteen forwards, maybe that's the guy who that they yeah. that they make the team. But every year it, somebody true, surprises. But but Andres, he is the exact type of player you can have as a fourteenth forward in the press box, and you just don't you don't worry about it. He's not a prospect that you're like, oh, we got to get this guy games. Yeah. Is do you see? Where do you see AJ Greer falling into this? Because he is no longer waiver exempt. Uh, I want to see. I want to. I want to let his legal situation play out yeah. a little bit further. Um, so sure. uh, ask me again after his Sounds September fourth year. Yeah. Um, because because that yeah. one's just uh, there are other factors now. There are off ice factors that we're having to consider. No doubt. I I wouldn't um, press that either. I'd, the question after that for me is probably Martin Kaut. I think it. Yeah, I think that's yeah. I don't really see him having much of a chance making the roster out of camp. That would probably be something you're looking at a little bit further down the line. I've been using the benchmark of Christmas is when I'd like to see him get some sort of injury call up by. Yeah, I yeah. think he's a guy that has to push. So, um, I think he's going to push in training camp, and uh, I think he's going to appeal to Bednar in all the same yep. ways that Shane Bowers is going to. And I would say Shane Bowers could also be a dark horse here because big body, very very smart player, and that's that is, yeah, Jared Bednar, especially that net. defensive reliability. It's he's all about that. So. Yep. So you never know how it shakes out. Usually one of those guys ends up making the team, but I would expect to see at least a few of them over the course of the first half of the season. Uh, Yeah, I'd like to see kind of like they did with the defensemen last year uh, where they sort of rotated call-ups until they found a guy that really worked for them. Um, I agree fully on that that one. Okay, yeah. so we've done we've done four hockey questions here. Let's move into one totally unrelated to hockey. In how okay. much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? AJ, and this comes from at Log Abs. So there's an actual answer to this because that's as much wood as a, a woodchuck could right? chuck wood. I think something like that. Yeah, how much wood would woodchuck chuck if woodchuck could chuck wood? A woodchuck would chuck all the woodchuck oh, could chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood. <laughs> Yahtzee. So factual, correct answer. Mark it down in the books today. <laughs> Straight to the point. <laughs> all right. So no matter what, we can say we got one and question answered correctly today. <laughs> no matter what happens, we'll be all set there. Uh, let's hit one more. Which, looking at the Avalanche schedule, which was released about a week ago now, which matchup, both team and player matchups, would you like to see on the season? And that comes from uh, Steph Snoichi. Not Snoichi. Sorry, I can't say your name. Steph's awesome, by the way. Uh, if you guys ever come to one of our watch parties, she's usually there. Uh, hardcore fanning out with uh, with her cool boyfriend, uh, and they are they are a delight to hang out with. By the way, so more more reasons to come to the watch party. Um, I want to see I want to see them against San Jose. I want that first game against the Sharks. I don't know when it is, but that's what I want to see because I want to see how different they look against the team that beat them. They their big weakness against the sharks was the depth, the quality of depth. They just couldn't, they didn't quite have the skill level to go at them the way they wanted to. Uh, and I think they've improved that quite a bit. And, um, I'm, I'm, that's what I really want. I want to, and, and against St. Louis because St. Louis gave them such a handful last year, not even because of the whole cup champs and all that. Um, I just think, those were teams that that style wise frustrated them and played that more physical style and the addition of Belmar, the addition of Kadri, um, and then Donskoy. I'm 
Mm. Mm. Yeah. It, the Avs have a lot of fun matchups with uh, players that used to play for other teams, which is where I'm going with mine in the Maple Leafs. We talked about it a little bit after the trade. Tyson Berry's return to the Pepsi Center with the Leafs will be in November, just after Thanksgiving. So not only do you have all that, but I really think Kadri is the type of guy you want playing against his old team. I think he's going to go in there and just be an animal and tear that team up. Well, it'll be interesting uh, to see how uh, Selkie candidate Alexander Kerfoot <laughs> handles uh, handles Nazem Kadri, a, a pissed off Nazem Kadri. Although we've seen we've seen an angry Kadri in the postseason and hasn't gone well, so uh, maybe maybe walk the line a little a little better there. Well, I I stick nah. with Sakic on this one. As long as he's not playing Boston, we're fine. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, I'm sure we're both extremely looking forward to the outdoor game. I, I'm looking forward to it. for uh, So the last outdoor game, I had promised I would go just as a fan. And so I didn't work it. Um, so I And I'll be working this outdoor game this time around. So I'm, I'm excited for that, just to, the different perspective and the, the, the unique atmosphere and all that. Like I, I will, from the media perspective, I will get to experience that this year. Uh, Cause the last one I, you know, I showed up and hated on Detroit for two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah. I, have you heard anything about that? Are they going to do a, an old timers game again? It, it does not sound like it. it okay. As far as I know, that's not in the, that's not in the works. I was going to say, which team is Blake going to play for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> But yeah, that's those are some of the dates that I certainly have circled on my calendar. Opening night, of course, not only the, because it's opening night, because they play Calgary. Any home game against Minnesota is always a great time. It's really shaped up to be a, a fun season this year. and I, I like this schedule more than I've liked the past couple of years. There aren't any of those horribly long slogging road trips. I guess there's one at the start of February, but that's the only one really. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Word. All right. Well, those are some of the big games for the abs coming up in this next season. So I'm nowhere near as good as this as AJ is. So we're just going to have to tell you about some game changing coffee here. <laughs> Strava craft Strava craft is the CBD enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible. So check them out. This CBD infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has helped decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is all natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty and we couldn't, recommend it more for our listeners check it out for yourself today and receive 20 percent off when you use the code bsn 2019 at checkout and you'll get it shipped straight to your door that is going to do it for segment two we'll be back in segment three with a couple more of your questions Welcome back into the third and final segment of the BSN Avalanche podcast. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hayfley. We're still switching up the roles for the show today, and we got a handful more questions for you. want to start off with a fun one. AJ, what would you name the new expansion franchise in Seattle? And this one comes from Lyle Brewster. Uh, I love the Kraken. I think that's an awesome idea. Uh, it, it's got a very minor league baseball feel to it, and those teams <laughs> always have the most fun. So, um, I I think the Kraken is an awesome, and it and it opens up awesome ideas for a really fun and cool logo uh, that that you could sell and would would be. I don't. Know, I think it'd be awesome. I just I I think that they uh, uh, just just don't name them the Sockeye. Yeah, I, based on their colors, I. I've, naming your team after a fish is just never a good idea. <laughs> fish, or, fish or prey. It, it's just boring. It is boring, too. For me, I mean, the name I really want to name him, I don't think I can say on the air. So, <laughs> But it's been floating around for a while, so you probably know which one I'm yeah. talking about. But for the, 
<laughs> for the real name, I've always been a bit partial to the totems. I think they have some really cool options there for logos. And, and it's a name that there's nothing else really like it in the NHL right now. It would be something wholly unique. Um, yeah, I, it's okay. <laughs> I wouldn't hate it. It would be different. Also not a fan of any of the birds. They already have the yeah, Seahawks like, there. Mm, like I, I get having like a theme in your city's teams. You know, like you, you had Houston, you have a space city. And, you know, it's it's the Astros and they had and the Rockets. Rockets. They used yeah. to have the Comets. Uh, they used to have the Arrows. Um, yeah. You know, like I, I get it. Like there's a theme there. Uh, but if, if your theme is birds, your city sucks. Yeah, not a great theme, is it? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not a theme person. Be unique. Yeah. Come up with something new. Like it's cool. Like it'd be it'd be fun if it was like the Sasquatch or you know the Yetis. Yeah, that would actually be sweet. I could get behind the yeah, Sasquatch. Like that would be cool because that's it's kind of it's it's related to the area, but it's it's also kind of fun. And you know, having fun is sort of the whole point here. So. Just they just need to name themselves the Harpoons or something. <laughs> Whatever perfectly counters the Canucks logo. jeez. Oh, <laughs> the Canucks. <laughs> Stupid name for a franchise too. Yeah, it's not my favorite. Not there are not too many uh, super original names up there in Canada with the Canucks and the Canadians. <laughs> yeah, although the, at least the Canadians make sense. Like, yeah, no, I I understand that yeah. one, but they didn't really go outside the box. Oh, well, <laughs> and Calgary was so ambitious about it that they just kept the name from the team that moved. Yeah, from the team that <laughs> they moved. They were just like, yeah. All right, we cool. I guess we're the flames yeah. now. I do. I do like that. Like there's like the flames and Oilers and like, those are two, com- two things that, you know, come can combine for uh, an ex- explosive event and, <laughs> and they fair. absolutely hate each other. So I think that's in that respect. I, I think they're fun. That's a good point. Actually. I, I wouldn't hate it if Seattle went with the Metropolitans. Uh, the, with there being a metropolitan division, that uh, who cares? I'm, Metropolitan's a terrible name for a division, anyway. So <laughs> that's fair enough. It's a stupid <laughs> name, yeah. But I, I don't think they will. But they did have the historic team with the name, is all. Yeah, which would have been like I, I like that idea. Um, like going back into the history, like okay, that's cool. Yeah. Although it's a little, it's a little Winnipeg Jetsy, which was silly that they were like, right. "We have a chance to 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 do this all over again," and they were like, "Run it back!" Like, <laughs> okay, the Jets, it is, I guess. <laughs> all right, let's move on to the next question here. This is actually going to be two questions that they kind of tie into each other a little mm-hmm. bit. First, from Bradley Seaton. Who is the next player likely to get traded from the Avs? And I kind of want to expand this into who are the rumors going to start circulating about since Barry's gone and he was kind of the rumor man for a long time there. And then on top of that, Nick asks, who are some players around the league who will likely be rentals at the trade deadline? So not only Avs players, but but some other ones out there. Uh, well, I think the I think it's Zadorov and, and if he ever gets healthy again, Cole. Yeah, I I agree 100% on on both of those. If Cole can get healthy and look decent, I'm pretty confident the Avs will be looking to get out of that last year of his deal. Zadorov is the guy that, that rumors had already been swirling about last deadline, mm-hmm. and it, it ended up the Avs wanted to keep him, but those things always tend to hang around. A bit. Well, and, and a one-year deal with three years of RFA yeah. remaining, uh, I right. mean, I'd to me, that one just sort of feels riding on the wallish, where they're getting a good, the last good year or two out of Zadorov that they can before they're likely to lose him in free agency because they're not going to have a top four role for him. Yep. Um, and that's like that's just the numbers game. If Connor Timmons is who they think he is, then 
uh, between Gerard and, and Byram and Makar and Timmons, you just don't have top four minutes for Zadorov, and that's no it's no indictment against him. Those guys are just going to be better all around players. Um and I you know, if something happens, maybe Zadorov takes a big leap. I mean he's he's going to get top four minutes this year uh to prove that the Avs absolutely need him and that he's worth long-term extension kind of money. Um, but all I think that would do is probably just up his trade value in the eyes of those around the league. Yeah, I I agree. It, the contract especially to me, they didn't even give him the bridge, the two-year bridge to, to one year of RFA left. It just felt like, okay, let's just get this one year done and, and we'll deal with him however we have to later. Yeah. And and like you said, the the silliness of the Avs high-end prospect depth when it comes to defensemen is just if you're looking for minutes, they ain't here. Yeah, and it's just a it's an unfortunate numbers game. You know, the the same way like they signed Cole, they didn't know that they were yep. going to uh end up with a a top 5 defenseman from that. In, in in that time, you know, like there was no planning for that. Right. They might have been able to, I mean, they would have been able to plan for Timmons, but at the time, you know, you, you exactly, you, you go back a year, Timmons was, was yeah. a concussed product, uh, prospect who had a very uncertain future. Yeah, exactly. It's Cole situation is is a bit tough now because of his injuries it, i struggle to see mm-hmm. them getting nearly as much value out of him because of that unless he comes back and just looks totally the same player that he was which i'm i mean double hip surgery I mean, on a guy that's 30 years old and uh, a point that dario always brings up that's fantastic he can't he can't do any lower body training at all until until he's you know recovered Yeah. And this is a guy who is throughout his career has played pretty physically. And that's not great yeah, news it's, for a guy it's who really has just, to protect it's his hips. It sets up to be just a tough situation with him where if the Avs get him, uh, get good play out of him this year, I think it, that, that would be a great break. Because I think it's it's unlikely. I agree. Uh, This is part of the reason why they went out and got all of these defensemen is because Cole is just, even after he gets healthy, it's going to be a total question mark. Uh, Where he goes from there. But uh, I think, I think, um, yeah, figuring out um, his, his role will be um, a big part of this year. But I think those two guys are, are trade targets. Uh, around the league, man, I honestly, I don't even outside of Taylor Hall, who I don't For think sure. they'll trade anyway. Um, I don't even really under, I don't, I don't know what next yeah, year's free agent list looks like, and that's usually where you start. Uh, is is with those man, guys? Pull it up. Um, look at some. I do really ones. wonder about Vegas still, uh, and Paul Stasny especially because Cody Glass is coming in, and. And Glass is a you know a guy that I think That's is a good point. <laughs> pretty good. Uh, so depending on how that goes, that might be more of a summer deal if, yeah. if Glass is dope. But um, you know, we'll see. All right, let's see. Yeah, there's no same way thing with like a guy like Patrangelo doesn't get re-signed by the Caps. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I mentioned him uh, on the Mikhail show Grandland. That's uh, an yesterday, one. two days ago, and said that he might be an interesting left wing for Nazem Kadri if things if things don't work out internally for Colorado. Yeah. Sure, and, and that's probably more of a free yeah, agent. Uh, I can't imagine. Um, like Tyler Toffoli and Chris but, Kreider, I think, are both names that are going to float around pretty heavily. Justin Falk. Uh, the Carolina has been trying to trade Justin Falk for three years. So, uh, Alex Galchenyuk's another guy that 
you know, Braden Shen. You could see, you could see um, those types of guys on the move. Um, if if it doesn't work out in Florida, Mike Hoffman should be on the block. But a lot of these guys, I. I'd be surprised if there was much movement uh, with a handful of these cats. Uh, Nemesnikov, I think they'll tr- definitely try to move, but yeah, they'd and- have to wait for the deadline for sure. Yeah. And it's always hard to tell, yeah. you know, the teams fall out of the race in, in December and all of a sudden a bunch yeah, of guys sure. that weren't available before become available. And honestly, and Toronto, it's you look at the Maple Leafs, man, they've got their entire right side of their defense yeah. is a UFA next year between uh, CC Barry and yep. uh, Jake Muzzin. Yep. It. I've heard some rumblings about Muzzin on the block, potentially but I obviously don't know how. I guess Muslim would play on their left are. side, but regardless. It well, and it. I mean, the the conversation they have to have. Um, there is have, no way they can resign. Their, their money crunch guys, is so. severe enough that. I mean, are you? Yeah, like, are what do you? It what are they be bringing two. back? Because <laughs> that forward core is almost entirely locked down moving forward. Uh, without knowing what Marner's money is, but the entire defense is, uh, you know, because Barry will get a huge raise. Uh, you expect Muzzle will get more than four million, and Cody Cece probably won't get more than the four and a half million. But all those other guys, I mean, <laughs> what do you, what do you do? You know, they, I don't, I don't know that they have right. They're they're only gonna have like fifteen million in cap space to play with. So, are you really gonna give it? How how much of that are you gonna? Or, or you know maybe Tyson five Barry, million to yeah. Muzzin or whatever he's looking for. But basically, all those guys are getting raises. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, those are the teams that that you end up picking pieces off yeah. of for sure. The ones that know they can't afford something in the future. All right. So uh, yeah, that kind of covers the, the free aid or the trade deadline possible options and, and the guys, the abs might be looking to move out. Next question is from Omar. This will be a quick one. If you could pick anyone at BSN Denver to help, do you think the two of you could take an NHL player in a fist fight? And I would Put my money on AJ hey, if he got to fight John. Right, like, like, give me a small NHLer, you know, like, right. Give me, exactly. give me a, give me a smaller then. guy that's like my height, and I got, you know, I'll stand a channel. I'm picking Harrison Wind though, because did you did okay, you sure. see that dude uh, when we were at we were at Breck Brewery the other day and they posted that picture of him? Like that dude is pretty jacked. I would. I would definitely, I would take got Harrison. I think Harrison, and you know, he's got some good height on him. He's got good reach. He'd be able to, he'd be able to help out. Uh, we don't really have, uh, you know, with with Dater no longer part of the team, we don't really have any like monsters in terms of height. So uh, I would, I would probably pick Harrison. And uh, in terms of, it would that it would matter a great deal about which NHL or we got to fight. Like, let's be real here. It would. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like, it's like Ryan Reeves. Reeves. Like, I don't. Sorry. I don't know that four of us together. Are, you know, like you throw Drew Creaseman in there. I don't think we're getting <laughs> any closer. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Yeah. That that was just a fun one I wanted to throw in there because I I do believe you could take. Uh, it yeah. I mean, especially with the way that he apparently uh, handles uh, the moment. If that yeah, thing is right. if that thing is at all televised, I think I got this. Cause he's <laughs> he's gonna get that shook look on his face again, and it's just gonna be like, oh yeah. <laughs> Make it happen. 50 cent. God. Get on it. <laughs> okay, I did want to have one more question real quick. I'm gonna totally cop out and this one's gonna be for me because we talked about this a little bit the other day. Excluding the first rounders, 
who's your favorite 2019 Avs draft pick? Burzon. Okay. Just yeah. his play style? And, and uh, just looked great to me. Uh, the, 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 the skill... Uh, the speed, the the hands. I really, 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 I really like him a lot. Like, I'm very excited about him. <laughs> Even as a kid that was uh, a second time eligible, um, I am a big fan. Yeah, it's it's always fun to see the, the skill and, and skating ability and things like that shine through. For me, it's probably Mutala. Which is weird because I'm really hard on him a lot of the time. So I guess tough love a little bit, but I I really like his game as one that I think is, is very translatable to Mm -hmm. the NHL in a number of ways. So those guys that have a lot of the paths to the NHL tend to be more successful. And I, I see that in him. I do like him, um, but Burzon is um, a guy that I, I like a lot and, you know, Hellison, I think, is really intriguing in a lot of ways, but I think there's just a, there's such a wait and see um, element yeah, there. Sure. And I mean, I came out of I came out of Dev Camp and and uh, the three on three like really really liking uh, Steinberg. Yeah, he he put a lot of worries yeah, to rest. I was for sure very very surprised and. Um, Really looking forward to, to following his college career and how he develops. Sure hope he, he turns out, because if he does, man, that's a great pick. That's such a deep dive to pull up a Canadian prep school kid at the top like of round three. Man, I mean, that's, yeah. that's some good stuff. And, of course, if it doesn't, then, yep. you know, the pe- the pick that people crush on, on, you know, 10 seconds after it's made, you know. Yeah, then Not a good look. you just prove those people <laughs> right and enhance enhance their bias about you know judging sure. the draft picks immediately. So, yeah, it it's yeah. tough for sure. But well, I don't want to end it on quite <laughs> such a somber note. So, do you have any final words on any of these questions or any questions of your um, own? You know, I would, uh, today, today is a fantastic day. And so, it is. uh, I hope everybody honestly has a great weekend, really enjoys it. Uh, I'm looking forward to it because this is my last weekend of getting to do kind of whatever I want for a little while. Uh, because next weekend, uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance comes out on the Switch, and there goes my life there. And then the <laughs> week after that, the new Fire Emblem comes out. So I will be disappearing to the gaming gods for a little while. I'm still enjoying the latest uh, World of Warcraft expansion. Um, been fun to been fun to to jump into that and and explore that and run around. Not really a big fan of water levels, but it's fine. I'd watch you stream Marvel versus Capcom. Oh That's man, <laughs> maybe we'll see. Uh, there will be a lot of adult language getting used, so maybe. Fair. Okay, well, we'll cut it off before the adult language starts. Call it a call it a show. There. Thank you for listening. As always, really appreciate the opportunity to to kind of take the host role for the day. So thank you, it's AJ. A new look and. Yeah, yeah, it is. Maybe we'll do it again. We'll see. Mm, uh, mm. Thank you before, for listening. Before we get out of here. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. We have yeah. something that we keep forgetting about. <laughs> Just yeah, that we've time. been talking about all week, and we've been like, oh, we can't forget. We can't forget. <laughs> and literally forgot until just this moment. Okay, um, so we have this idea for uh and it'll be it'll be uh, a live stream that we do but it'll also be a podcast that we turn it into later we are looking for gms because yep. we would like to be we we would like to do a fantasy draft of the entire league 
And this is kind of like the NHL be a GM mode thing that you do where you go in and you just reset the entire league. And because you're an Oilers fan, and even though you start with McDavid, you feel like you're so far behind everybody else that you you don't want to spend four years trying to build your, your organization up because you're still living with the Milan Lucic deal. And you go with the fantasy draft option, and then you end up with like the 15th pick, and you're like, well, who's the 15th best player in the NHL? And you're like, I have no idea. Um, we want to do that. We would love to sit down and do, uh, we would do like a live YouTube stream of it where we have 31 GMs all making picks live. Uh, we want to do six rounds to just to create a starting lineup. And we would set the parameters basically as, uh, well, we have a bunch of parameters that we would fit it in, uh, a lot of different things. But the idea is we're looking for 31 GMs, well, 29 GMs, because you and I will be two of them. Uh, so we're looking for 29 NHL GMs to, to come and uh, do a fantasy draft with us, because we think it would be interesting to see how everybody kind of views the league and views, you know, the value of players and what kind of, uh, what kind of different starting lineups we could all build. Yeah. It's the conversations at the top are usually pretty easy of who's the best player in the league and all that. But when you get down to number 10 and you're still talking about an elite player and there's five different guys you could put there. Those are exciting conversations for sure. So I'm really looking forward to it and seeing how, how a draft like that would shake out. Yeah. And you know, if we can't get 29 people that want to do it, then we won't do it, but we think it's a fun idea and we would, uh, we'll probably pick like a Saturday morning or something to do it on where we have the highest chance of being able to get everybody together. Um, I think uh, we'll probably need a couple of backup GMs because things are will happen and people may not be able to show up or whatever. But I think uh, we should try and, um, I would say, email me. Uh, email the, actually email, use the BSN Avalanche at gmail.com account uh, and, and send in, if you would like to be one of the GMs, just send in a message that says, I want to be a GM, basically. And when we get to the max limit, we will start trying to get everybody together and schedule it and turn it into a thing. Uh, it'd be something we, you know, we understand this is going to take a little bit of time to put together. But the idea is we want to do this and then uh, turn it into a podcast, maybe two podcasts, because we're in the summer now and it's, you know, it's... And it's the summer. <laughs> it's the summer and these are the doldrums, right? Like, yep. We have time to do stuff like this where, you know, there's there's less and less to talk about all the time. Uh, so we think it's a fun idea. You know, if you guys don't like the idea then and we don't get enough people that want to do it, then again, we won't do it. But we'd like to. Uh, so hit me up, bsnavalanche at gmail.com, email address. Uh, if you would like to be one of our GMs and you would like to participate in this, we think it'd be really cool and a lot of fun fan interaction. It'd be a really fun draft. Um, I I'm planning on handling the majority of the logistics of this. So uh, first step, we need GMs. So that's, that's that. Uh, Rudo, did I forget anything there or will we just I, deal with the uh, specifics later? Yeah, I think you pretty much covered it. Uh, there'll be limitations on who exactly you can pick as far as prospects and things go, but we'll yeah. hash that out as we get enough people to actually do it. Yeah, and we have already developed some of the parameters that we plan to use and all that. But for right now, it's mostly we need GMs. It's entirely about we need yeah, GMs. Once exactly. we get that, uh, we get all those people together, then uh, we will start sitting, start start actually hammering out the details and let everybody know, and uh, hopefully produce a pretty fun couple of podcast episodes out of it. There you go. You heard the man. BSN Avalanche at gmail.com. Hit us up and, and be part of the GM show. That, I guess, is going to close it out for the final BSN podcast of the week. As AJ already said, I hope everybody enjoys their weekend, and you'll be hearing from us again on Monday.
The biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory, and then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain. That is Arthur Jaffe, a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog. I wished I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have, have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out elixinol.com.